It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. It's great to have you in on a, well, it's a party Friday night. I've been so busy, and yet uh, I, I'm glad to be with you. I, I, I'm not complaining. What I'm saying is is it's been a heck of a couple days. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and Megaphone. And I, I just got to tell you, we're just a few minutes away from my interview with Andrew Hawkins, former Bengal, former Brown. Uh, I want to get to it, but I also have interviews with Alex Erickson and John Ross that I want you to hear. So what I'm going to do, this will be a longer podcast to get you through till Friday. And first, I'm going to start with my interviews with Alex Erickson and John Ross. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put them together back to back. We talk a little football, a lot of Thanksgiving and that's why I want to make sure I get it in this show before we get to Friday. So here is Alex Erickson and then John Ross with me chatting with both of them. Alex, you, you all set for Thanksgiving? I am. Got the turkey ready to go. You're cooking, huh? <laughs> My wife's going to cook it all, <laughs> but I, I will prepare the turkey so she just puts it in the oven. And then okay. when I get so home, I'll finish it up. Yeah. Okay. But she she got all the all the sides and all the desserts and all that stuff. and few of our friends are bringing stuff too so we'll have a nice little friendsgiving <laughs> who's, yeah who, who's the cook then who, in the family is it your wife or is it you or do you share yeah we're pretty we're pretty even um she does i mean she probably does 80 percent of it and i chip in here and there yeah um but no she does the majority of it what's your best dish that you you can cook oh man like if you had to wow someone with your cooking ability see for me i don't really have like a Go to, but I have I love just like looking at recipes and just trying to make okay. make new stuff. So I, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy, like I said, finding a recipe and um, getting in there and trying to be a chef. We're <laughs> in the Bengals locker room with Alex Erickson. Is it hard? Because I, I know in, in college you had to deal with Thanksgiving being away. But is it hard to prepare for the Browns and, and be here and, and on a work day essentially on Thanksgiving and still celebrate? No, not at all. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter who we're playing. You know, this is like, I mean, the NFL is so crazy and so competitive. And every week, you know, you got to focus so hard on each opponent. And, um, you know, Thanksgiving thing just adds another element. You just got to focus even more because, um, you know, you're going to have a little shorter day with Thanksgiving. And um, so you got to maybe control what you're eating a little bit, too. You don't want to put on 10 pounds in one day. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I don't think it's hard. I mean, it's... It's what we love to do, and we're all here for a reason, and we know that. And um, so our focus will be on the Browns, but we'll also enjoy enjoying Thanksgiving too with our, our family and friends that are around. This past week uh, against the Broncos, uh, two plays I noticed. Obviously, the touchdown stands out yeah. plenty, but the the slant in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. against Akeem Talib. Yeah. It seemed like the the offense was a little bit more creative or had had wrinkles that I we hadn't seen before against Denver. Is is that true, or, or is that just me being crazy? Um, I don't know. I think it's it's just a combination of you know the man-to-man coverage that they play, and um, we knew they were going to play that coverage. So it was just a matter of 
us is going out and just beating the man-to-man coverage like we've been tra- like we've been doing, and um, you know we were able to make some plays. So I think it, you know, when you when you make those plays, it you know it seems different, but um, it's stuff we've been doing. It's the stuff we've been running. It's just a matter of making them. It seemed like the, the downfield passing game was, yeah. was was more effective. I think Andy was three for four on passes of, of twenty yards or more, yeah. including the touchdown to you. Is that key? If, if you're going to make this run here at 4-6 to the playoffs? It is, because it, it, it's tough to have those 10, 11, 12-play drives. I mean, defenses are so good, and um, so it's tough to sustain those. So if you can make the big plays and, you know, open it up, and, um, you know, it's going to help the running game. It's going to help the play-action game. It's going to help in everything. So I think, you know, those big plays are huge just to, um, you know, you're know you going to have those long drives, but not everyone, you know, you're going to be able to sustain. So you got to have those big plays to open it up and, you know, get – get the points when you get a a team like the browns that are clearly going to be desperate to come in here and and get a win does it make it tougher to beat that type of team that's really desperate um i don't know makes it tougher i i think you gotta you know especially on like the special team stuff you gotta be alert for you know some maybe fakes and stuff like that because you know they got nothing to lose they're going to try to make plays and stuff like that so in our focus you know as a team is just you know we know where we're trying to go um they're next on the schedule doesn't matter who it is so we got to come out prepare um like we have been and and you know just get a get a fast start and, and you know control the game alex i appreciate the time enjoy thanksgiving good luck sunday thank you that's my interview with alex erickson here's my interview with john ross in the Bengals locker room with john ross as we talk thanksgiving's a day away you looking forward to eating some good food yeah definitely i can see my son uh so probably gonna be one of the best holidays i had in a long time um it's gonna be his first thanksgiving so really looking forward to spending that time with him and having a good time so how old is your son six months six months yeah congratulations thank you thank you what what's that six months been like (laughs) best six months of my life yeah Um, never thought that something so precious would change my life you know being 21 years old you don't know um you just never had to experience something like that. You know, now that I have him in my life, I just feel like it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, you get that scared when you when you hear about it because you're so young, you know, so you still feel like a kid yourself. But, I mean, I've never, I've never felt so good, you know, being around anything, anyone. You know, and just my son, that's how my son makes me feel. So, you know, whenever I'm around him, I'm, I'm, I'm in my best feeling. So. I've, I've heard AJ say when he has a bad game or a bad day here, he goes home. And, and just seeing his son change his thing is, is the same thing with you? Yeah, when, whenever I see my son, nothing matters but my son. Um, so I, I feel like it doesn't matter what will happen to me in life. You know, as long as I, see, I get to see my son smile, you know what I'm saying? It's just, that's probably the, the best thing I've ever experienced. You know, um, I think, you know, what I, what, I, what I cherish in life is I'm a father before I'm a football player. So, you know, I feel like that's my number one job. And, um, you know, nothing really matters when I'm around my son. So that, that's that's how he makes me feel. In the Bengals locker room with uh, John Ross. What's uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh man, I'm more of a, I like I like the, the turkey. Okay. Yeah, smell the turkey and the cornbread. And do you love the Thanksgiving? I, I know a lot of people no, that do. do. I do. I mean, I love. I, but it's I think it's more more so you know what you've been thankful for you know some not so much the food i mean we could eat pizza you know for all i care but just being around our family and just spending that those 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 precious moments with your family um 
which I, I think should be celebrated more than once a year, which, which I'm sure it is. But, you know, I, I think but, but the day just symbolizes, you know, what you're thankful for. And I'm so thankful for my family and everything that we've been through and how far that I've came. So. John, how hard is it to focus on a game week, having a game on Sunday and, and having a, a Thursday? Because you're going to have to be here a little bit. Uh, during, during Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, I think we've been doing this for a while. So I think it's, you know, um, I've I've haven't had a Thanksgiving in a long time. This might be my first Thanksgiving. I'm actually get to. It's like in college, you know, it's tough. You still got, you don't have class, but you still got practice and everything. So it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now it's like. You, you get to, uh, we're making our own money, you know, so we get to spend it the way we actually want to spend it, you know, um, and I get to fly my family out and, and all this other stuff, so that, I think, it'll be totally different. I don't think it'll really take away any focus or anything, because I, I just think it's a, it's, it's, it's a normal week, just yeah. just that special day on Thursday, you know, so um, I think that's the only difference about it is, you know, it's, it's actually something we acknowledge. You know, so. I've grown up in Cincinnati, dealing with the cold, and I hate it. How are you Adjusting to uh, to the cold here in Cincinnati. Oh well, Seattle's not that far off, you know. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm all my clothes are winter clothes, you know. Okay. So it's it's not that bad. It's it's a little colder. I will say that. Um, you know, it's different waking up 30 degrees every day yeah. <laughs> than waking up 50 in a in slight rain. So. Uh, you have a remote start on your car? Or do you I do not. I need to get it's one. Pain. Yeah, I, I need to get one. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get one. Uh, my car frozen every day, so I got to wake up a little earlier. And, <laughs> and cut the defrosters on, but, you know, that's the only, only thing. John, I appreciate the time. Enjoy no Thanksgiving. Problem. Yep. And that's my interview with John Ross, which was more personal, behind the curtain, but uh, shows the beauty of Thanksgiving. And that's what Thanksgiving's all about, hanging out with family, friends, uh, people you love and care about. So I figured I'd show that side of John Ross. That's what we can do here on Locked on Bengals, is take you behind the curtain, take you past all that other stuff. That's what I try to do. And uh, I think we did it there with with Alex Erickson and John Ross. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. And I got to tell you about something. It's a really fun app that I started to use. I actually used it at the beginning of this football season. And it's a different spin on fantasy football. I love fantasy drafts. We all get together for fantasy drafts. And that's why I love draft fantasy football fans if you're a fantasy football fan listen it's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season you play in a real life snake draft so it's just like at the start of the year you do it every week it takes less than five minutes and i've done it i love it because i enjoy drafts less than five minutes and the best part you play for cold hard cash and get this your chances of winning are 80 percent better than on those other salary cap sites. No salary cap. You just draft against other people weekly. No need to worry about injuries or any of that stuff. It's daily fantasy football where you can draft your players in less than five minutes. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store. Go to thedraft.com and come play right now with promo code LONFL.
This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to a 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast, and I told you about it yesterday. 
Let's get to it. I talked with former Bengals, former Browns wide receiver, Andrew Hawkins, whose brother, Artrell Hawkins, is part of the reason why I'm in this business. I interned for Artrell Hawkins. It was my first gig in college, in media, in radio. Uh, and that, along with a, a bunch of other stuff, has led me to doing this, to doing the work I do with ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW in Cincinnati. And uh, so full circle almost, this interview with Andrew. But uh, Andrew Hawkins recently retired. I caught up with him on ESPN 1530 earlier this week, and I asked him, Hey, Andrew, how you doing? No problem, James. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's start with uh, what you're up to now. I know you're doing some some media stuff. I think you got a podcast going. So what? Let all of our listeners know what you're doing now that you're retired, man. Yeah, a little bit of everything, man. I'm I'm doing. Uh, I have a show on Sunday on ESPN. Nashville uh, from Bristol from one to seven. Operation called Operation Football with Field Yates, which has been awesome. Um, getting into doing some Sports Center stuff. Uh, be one of the hosts on Sports Center's new show on Snapchat. Nice. Uh, starting here soon, so it's, it's cool, man. Just jumping into the broadcast side a little bit, and yeah, that's that's awesome. And it started you. Where did you intern? You interned uh, at undefe- was it undefeated? I don't want to get it wrong. That's why uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. That's right. You interned there. How was that? How was that process? It was awesome, man. It, it was cool because you know, I, I mean, I worked directly with Maverick Carter, who was LeBron's business manager, and. You know, they own like five companies and just, you know, them peeling the curtain back a little bit and giving me that glimpse and giving me the opportunity to, to grow and, and kind of see how things work on the, on the business side on a daily basis was, uh, it was valuable, man. And, um, to be honest, I'm, I'm still doing a lot of work with them as well. Andrew Hawkins is our guest. Now, I, I got to say, when you signed with New England, was it in May, June? May. Yeah, May. Right after graduation. So so you sign in May and I think back to to when I was working with your brother and I was like <laughs> I was like, Man, we always thought this was the perfect fit. <laughs> and now he's you know going what? to New England. Uh, I, I know it was short lived. How what was your experience like in New England? It was incredible, man. I mean it was like you know, even though I was only there for a little bit and it was, you know, an off season, just the way they go about business on a daily basis was like perfect, man. To be honest, it, it would have been probably a perfect fit. And I got a couple years earlier, um, but you know, the knees started bothering me. And then, you know, some of the off-field stuff became more attractive. You know, you just get to that point, man, where you just know you're done. And that's kind of where I was, to be honest. Yeah, I no, I, I don't blame you. And what what's Tom Brady like? I, I've talked to your brother about him a little bit, but I, he's he's playing better now maybe than he was when your brother was in the league 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. He's a, he's a maniac. He's, a, he's like a football maniac, like – even down to like the littlest detail, you know, like you would imagine, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm like everybody else. If, you know, if I had a wife that was making $30 million a year and I was making $30 million a year, whatever that looks like, there's just certain things that just wouldn't, you know, mean as much to me that I probably wouldn't really care about on a day-to-day day, day basis. He is nothing like that. Like, if you had no idea who he was and you stepped into a practice facility or, or was near near his locker or was like by him in a practice where he he misses a throw, which doesn't happen often, but if he misses a throw in practice and you hear him cuss himself out the way that he does, <laughs> or if you're like in a walkthrough and he's in the corner working on like the most basic steps, I'm talking like, you know, high school player steps that he's like uh, freaking out about and just so anal with, like you would you wouldn't even know he was Tom Brady because that's how much he cares. That's how much time he puts into it. And that's the kind of effort he gives, man. It's crazy to see. He's like the supreme competitor. And, you know, I didn't have to be there for games to see that because, honestly, 
you know, if you, if you catch a guy in the offseason and catch him at practice and catch him in meetings when there's nothing on the line, that gives you a pretty clear definition of, of what kind of competitor he is, and, and that's who Tom Brady is. Andrew Hawkins is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Hawk. And there's so much I want to discuss with you with with this Bengals and, and Browns matchup, not necessarily uh, the football side of it, but uh, the right. coaching aspect. And I want to start yeah. with Hugh Jackson because I, I follow some people in Cleveland, and I think he's taking a lot of heat. And I've talked to, to some of Hugh's former players, and they love him, even players that are they're retired out of the league now. What yeah. was it like playing for Hugh Jackson, and what do you think about uh, the criticism he's taking right now in Cleveland? You know, it's it's like one of those things, man. You know, I, like look, I, I'm a I'm a football junkie. I'm a football enthusiast. You know, football has guided all the decisions I've ever made in my life. I believe in the sanctity of football, right? And the sanctity of football is like it's little stuff, like things that I get passionate about. Like I've I've been with coaches who are horrible. Like I'm talking about some of the worst coaches I've ever had, if not the worst in my entire life in the NFL. And then I see those guys continue to climb the ranks, and it hurts my soul. Right or you know I, I, I'm I'm watch I watch players who don't get the opportunity that should get the opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and it, it kills me because I grew up worshiping uh, that that sanctity of football that the best players play, the best coaches get the right opportunity. So with you, it's like one of those things where I still have the hope that everything is going to work out the way it should because he was such an incredible coach. Like he was different than any coach I'd ever been around, and. And the way that the guys respected him, the way he commanded the room, the way that, you know, he related to players, the way that he demanded their very best. And, you know, guys just fell in line with it, you know, and it was like, so to see the struggles he's had, and honestly, record proportions, it hurts, it hurts. But at the same time, it's like, I still, I'm still believing that, okay, you know, things will get worse before they get better. So all, all the things are going to end out right and his legacy isn't going to end. Um, with with the way the Cleveland Browns have been the last two years, yeah, that that would be my fear almost for Hugh because there, there's no doubt. I, I think a lot of people here in Cincinnati still love him. They they think he should be the the coach here. To be honest with you, just quite frankly, but yeah, uh, uh, the the thing with Hugh, if he got let's just say they let him go after this year and they win one game and he's two in in thirty over two years, I don't know if another NFL organization would entertain the idea of bringing him on board as a head coach. Yeah, and that and like I said, that that's horrible. But I mean, that's that's the gamble you take, right? Because you know you can go, you know, had you you know waited and and went with a safer job, or let's say you know it was the Giants or it was a, whoever it yeah. was, um, then you know you had your bet. But at the Browns, you know, it's tough. I mean, history, his, the history is the history. You know, it's a place <laughs> that if you go, you understand that if you turn that into a winner, you will have a statue in front of that stadium. Um, for the next 400 years, but on on the flip side, if you're not able to, and you're not, you know, able to grab that organization by the horns and take control and put the direction that you you feel fit to it, then the the downside is, you know, you may spend two years there, um, riddled with losses. Uh, so I think Hugh understands that he's not running from that. Um, I, I I hope that I hope that's not the case. And you know, just being around uh, Mr. Haslam, I don't think. I think he's. I think he's seen enough coaches come through there to realize he has something special with you in in that regard. Andrew Hawkins is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Hawk. And I'm James Rapine in for Mo today on ESPN fifteen thirty. Here we're having that those same discussions. And I started the show 
discussing Marvin Lewis and his legacy and, and the difference between the roster now and just all the turnover between 2015 when they were a contender and 12-4 and four versus this 2017 team. Do you think it might be, and I know you you're might not be, uh, is in tune with it now just in Cincinnati as local, do you think it might be time for a change since Marvin's been here since 03? You know what? It's funny because, you know, with the Browns and the Bengals playing, this could be just my nature that, you know, anywhere I go or anywhere I'm, I'm associated with, I'm so thankful for, you know, so I don't know if you're, I don't know if you could talk to a more biased player <laughs> in the NFL with, as it pertains to a Browns and Bengals matches. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's another player in the history of the NFL who loves these two organizations as much as I do. So that's number one. With that being said, I try to be objective in everything. And if there's anything that Marvin has ever taught me or anybody in that Bengals organization while I was there, which is why I was so appreciative, is the fact that the results are the results, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, you know, and the same goes with the U conversation. Um, and and that's, that's one thing I, I know they understand is the fact that, you know, they could be incredible coaches. You know, I could preach to the mountaintop of how thankful I am for them and how great my experience was for them and, you know, watching them command a teammate and everything to me. But at the same time, like they've taught me as a player, you know, none of that matters because we're in a results-driven business. That's number one. But number two, I will say this. I was a Bengals fan in the 90s, right? <laughs> I was a Bengals fan in the early 2000s, right? And I get that, you know, everybody wants to take this step forward. But, you know, to, to see where Marvin's brought this organization from, I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to, complain, you know, because I remember the days praying for four and five wins. Yeah. Like, I remember, though, as a Bengals fan, I grew up in there, like, around a, in, in the middle of Steeler country, being the butt of every joke possible, you know, so to see what, where Marvin's brought the organization, I mean, that's so commendable to me that I, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, you continue to do it. I mean, they, there's been some things that have been, mis, you know, misfortune, to be honest. I mean, that's what happens when you get so uh, so good, so competitive, and, and so riddled with talent, things can go bad quickly. Like so, when you lose a Marvin, a Marvin Jones, or a Mohamed Sanu, who at the time they seem like players who are easily replaceable because they're they're third and fifth round picks, mm-hmm. and then you realize that okay, when you when you strike lightning like that, like we were able to in those years from 2000 to 2015, there's going to be some downside to that as well. And I think that's what you're seeing. Um, and, and, and kind of where the, where the Bengals are now. And Marvin Lewis, he doesn't have a contract pass this year. And I've, I've told people mm-hmm. this uh, plenty. If Let's just say the Bengals and Marvin decided to part ways. I think there would be an NFL team that, if he wanted to, would bring on Marvin Lewis to be their next head coach. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. Like I said, I mean, when you have a track record of, tur- of turning things around the way, like the, the Bengals, like you said, the Bengals where the Browns are now. The Browns are like a, a franchise that is in turmoil, and, you know, they, they, they don't know which way is up as it pertains to the record, right? Now, on the behind the scenes, it's a little different, and I do think they're, they're heading in the right direction. But trust me, it's tough losing football games like that. It's tough going into football games understanding that your chances of winning are, are slim, right? And, you know, with Marvin at Chaka, I wouldn't be surprised either. Now, I don't know if Marv wants to go coach somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, you know, judging by – you know, his body of work, how long he's been in Cincinnati, he's like the second most tenured coach in the NFL. I, I don't know if he's going to attach himself to another brand. I don't, I don't know what his interests are, um, and I don't even want like, to speculate because we're not there yet. But 
I, I like I said, I'd like to see him stay. I wouldn't be surprised if, if whatever direction it goes, I, I'm, I'm just appreciative of, of the job that he's done at Cincinnati and, and have been able to see it firsthand, to be honest. We're joined by former Bengals and Browns wide receiver Andrew Hawkins. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Hawk. And speaking of wide receivers, I know you know you're close with A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's so interesting that, that Jalen Ramsey or, or anyone, because once Ramsey said that A.J. was soft, other media members were like, oh, yeah, that's that's chirping around the league. That's that, That's something that's gone around. And I remember watching A.J.'s rookie season uh, with, with Artrell. And he, mm-hmm. he pointed out a play where A.J. scooped up Ike Taylor on a run play. And, and to me, that, that instantly, oh, he's not soft. He scooped up a veteran his rookie season, and that's just what he did in a run block. To right. me, there's no way in hell A.J. Green is soft. Uh, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, just the fact, like, that's not even a, <laughs> uh, a definition that I feel like people are – uh, qualified to make, yeah. right? Like, cause first off, you're NFL wide receivers. The game has changed. It's different. Like, what is your definition of, of, of a tough guy? Is it a guy who's going down there, uh, banging with linebackers? Now, if AJ Green wants to do that, I can promise you he can do that. He, he, you can look at him and think, oh, he has a slim frame. He doesn't get into many altercations. He's not a, 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 a stuff talker. He's not a, you know, a rah, rah, look at me guy. And so if that's your definition of soft, Okay, that's fine, but I can tell you right now, you're you're so wrong. I can't. I don't even know where to start, right? Yeah. Because I can promise you, you know, the most of new who no one would consider soft, right? He's a mm-hmm. big dude. He's a, AJ was stronger than Mo. He always has <laughs> been. He always will be. Like he can get into. He's as strong as any receiver in the NFL, um, and he's about the action as much as any other receiver in the NFL. Like you know that. The Jalen Ram- Ramsey thing was like such – it was a crazy to me because I know A.J. personally. and I know how mild-mannered A.J. is, and I know how, you know, polite he is. Not because he's soft, because that's who he is. And all he yeah. cares about is the football. Like, if, if it's in the way of football, he's not he's not going to jeopardize his career. He's not going to jeopardize what he's doing. So that was the crazy part to me, that he let somebody take him to that level. The result of it, which ended up with A.J. basically kicking his butt on the field, that wasn't a surprise to me. Like, that – that was no surprise to me to see AJ strong on somebody and take it to that level. I, I was just surprised the fact that he let somebody push him there. So for people that say AJ is soft, you're crazy. And, and on top of that, I, I would give every dollar in my bank account to challenge you to lasting five minutes with AJ in a one-on-one battle, <laughs> Mister. You think AJ Green is soft? <laughs> I would pay big money to see you get demolished by AJ. On television. Yeah, no, it, it, it would be scary. There's no doubt, like, in training camp, people, I don't think they're real, because on TV he does look thin, but he's not that slen- slender when you see him in person. I mean, he's he's ripped. No. <laughs> and he's got long arms, so that says something, too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, Andrew Hawkins is our guest. And just a, a couple more minutes with you, man. I, I appreciate the time. John Ross was was picked ninth by this team, and, and he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a 5'10", 5'11", receiver, 175, 180, not getting on the field yet, but a lot of people instantly, and it's unbelievable how quick it was. I just want to get your thoughts on it because instantly mm-hmm. we're like, oh, he's injury prone. He's a bust. And I don't think that's true if he has the talent. And I've talked to people that believe he has the talent. I don't know if you've watched him or not, but but just your thoughts on, on those who see a, a little wide receiver and instantly think bust. You know, anytime you're dealing with injury, I, I'm always, I'll, I'll never qualify guys a bust based on injury. 
You know, that's like circumstance you can't predict. That circumstance, you know, it's like this. You're going to get injured if you play football. It's simple as that. Like some guys get injured early in high school. Some guys get in college. Some guys, the league is riddled with it. Some guys last their career, don't get injured much, and then, you know, they live like hell for the rest of their life with bad ligaments and joints or whatever, but it's a part of the game. So I'm never going to uh, label a guy a bust um, because he's injured. Now, that being said, it's his first year, mm-hmm. right? And I wish people understood the amount of effect you can have on a player. And I just think this is the case for John Ross because I think John Ross is a credible amount of talent. I feel like it's early, and that kind of speed, that kind of explosion, it's only a matter of time before he puts it all together and the coach kind of, you know, walks him through slowly that maturation process. But I wish fans understood how much they could affect a player. Like, so it's almost like when you call somebody a bust and everyone's writing the articles and everybody's, you know, hitting them on his Twitter, you're a bust, and everybody's on the radio shows talking about a bust, you're crazy if you don't think it gets back to that player. Yeah. Like, you're, you're crazy. And a lot of times, it can affect those guys. So the quickest way to make somebody a bust is for everyone to call them a bust. You know, so that's really what you want. Go ahead. By, by all means, do your fandom thing. Do whatever it is you, you know, you're entitled to do as a fan. Um, but don't think that it doesn't affect the player because it does. Like when I was playing for the Bengals, I never read the paper. And our trail might say that. Not only did I not read the paper, I didn't listen to the radio. I didn't watch TV. <laughs> I didn't watch football. Like I, I, I'd never, I'd never listened to an Art trail show. Never. Ever. Wow. He couldn't, he couldn't come down there and ask me any questions about the Bengals. So people, for people that would think, oh, it's his brother, he has inside information, whatever information he got, he didn't get from me because he understood <laughs> and he knew how I was that you, you can't talk to me about football because, number one, I'm not going to listen to you. Number two, I removed myself so far from it so I was in my little zone because, like I said, growing up a Bengals fan, I read all the message boards. I, I listened to the radio. I watched the TV. I seen the way they talked about the players, and I knew that how it affected players firsthand that by the time I got there, I knew better. So I say all that to say, you know, if John Ross is listening, I hope he unplugs from everything and just focuses on the football because I think that's the best formula. And for all the fans who want John Ross to, to live up to John Ross' potential, which he has a ton of, just let the kid mature, let him develop, and I think it'll be best for everybody in the end. Well said, well said. Uh, last question for you, Andrew. Um you said you were biased. Bengals, Browns. They obviously play Sunday. Are you going to have half of a jersey, a half of a Browns jersey, and the other half Bengals? What What do you do when they play uh, each other? <laughs> you know what? I, this is my this is my first my first time, but you know I I, I can't help but the root for because it's crazy because it's, I probably have more teammates on the Bengals than I do the Browns, <laughs> and I just got done playing with the Browns like <laughs> six minutes ago. Yeah, but. So in that respect, man, I just I kind of just root for a good game. Whatever happens, happens, and that's like a cool situation. Um, you know, but yeah, there's just the two teams I love. Like my kids love them. Like my son is a, a huge Bengals Browns. I have a daughter who's two. She wasn't even alive when I was with the Bengals, and all she talks about is the Bengals and AJ Green. It's like the craziest thing ever. But, you know, so I, I just enjoy the game. I enjoy being a part of the process and a part of those uh, the histories of those franchises, man. And, and having to call myself an alumni of both organization he's andrew hawkins make sure you follow him on twitter at hawk and once again for our listeners just joining us andrew let let everyone know what you're up to now doing a ton of stuff on espn <laughs> yeah man i got a uh, operation football every sunday from one to seven tune in on espn radio um i'll be a host on sports on snapchat uh weekly so you can check me out on there 
Um, I got some TV shows coming, some movies coming, some some, some other business deals. Some so movies. It'll be an exciting year for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Great stuff. All right. Well, well, don't forget me, okay? <laughs> I, I, I just mean, yeah, if, ones, if, if you're, uh, you know, some star in Hollywood, you blow up like The Rock or something, and, and I want to get you ahead <laughs> of your, your equivalent of Jumanji, then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. You got a role in my movie. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. Andrew, uh, I appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon, man. Good luck with everything. Keep grinding. Appreciate it, James. Talk soon, man. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed doing it. That's Andrew Hawkins, the former Browns and Bengals Wide receiver, have a happy Thanksgiving. Sorry the podcast is late. Make sure you go download the draft app. Use promo code LONFL. Do it now. I promise you'll enjoy it. I, I'm serious. I use draft. I, I, I'm i going to peel the curtain back because um, our whole network is, is sponsored or by draft now. But I've co-hosted a few times a serious Fantastics fantasy football show. And draft was one of the sponsors. And I used draft then. I, since like week two of the fantasy season, I like it more than those other guys. I promise. And so you, you should try it out. That's just my personal preference. Uh, you should try it out. Try it out for free on me. LONFL is the promo code. Just go download it, type in draft in your app store and, uh, use promo code LONFL from my family, from me to you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm James Rapine. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.